morning, church. Welcome this morning. We're excited to be in the house of the Lord and worship this morning. Uh, Pastor Jason, during the um, prayer up here, said the Lord had spoken to him and the word was be still. Mm. Be still before the Lord this morning. That was a good word. I was excited for that word. I was like, oof, I can handle that this morning. Amen. I can handle some stillness this morning. Um, so let's just come into his presence this morning with celebration, but with a sense of confidence in who he is where our souls can stand still, stand and rest in who he is this morning. Thank you, Lord. Well, stand with me this morning. And when I felt that word, be still, there's two parts of that. One, be still. It's an active thing that we have to just say, okay, Lord, quiet my thoughts, my emotions, my jitters, my anxieties, my everything. But the second part of that verse is after being still, know that I am God. And they're linked together. So this morning, I just want us to know God more. His love for us, His care for us, His joy over us, all of it. So I just want us to be still this morning. And yeah, we can worship, and yeah, we can raise our hands. You can even dance a little bit. But that's not necessarily what we're talking about is being still. It's an inner stillness. It's an inner peace, knowing who he is and what he's done. Amen? Amen. Just close your eyes. Reach your hands up to heaven. I'm going to read Psalm 27, the end of it, uh, over you guys today. It says this, Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. Do not deliver me into the will of my adversaries, For false witnesses have risen against me, and such as breathe out violence. I would have lost heart unless, unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. So, Lord, we just come into your presence this morning. Have your way in this place. We wait on you today. We wait on you today. For you are with us and you are for us. And we thank you for it in your precious name. Amen. 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 Let's worship him. Jesus, you are worthy. You are worthy. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. As we come to the table this morning, we partake of the blood and the body of Jesus. You can come down the aisles to the table. Um, Gluten-free is in the center plate. And then the rest of communion is double stacked, so it's just one pickup. And then circle back around to your seats and hold on to your elements, because we're going to come back up here then and we'll partake of communion together. Um, I just think communion is the, the best time to be still and know. I think communion is all about being still and knowing that He is God, His body and His blood. So go ahead and come forward and um, receive your elements. Worthy, worthy, worthy. Lord, you are worthy. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Let's just take a moment and just be still and know.
Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for your goodness, your faithfulness. Thank you that you are the great I am, (laughs) the one and only, the one true God. Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus, through whom paved a way for all of eternity for a relationship with you. And Lord, we thank you for that this morning. And Lord, we just ask that as we still our hearts, our minds, our emotions, that as you promise, we will know you and know you more. Thank you. The Bible says, I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. The Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took the bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, Take, eat. This is my body which was broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Let us partake. As we partake of communion, I'm up here, and the Holy Spirit during worship and during this time just keeps drawing my attention to how difficult it is for me to to be still, literally be still. And I know there's more to the be still than the literal. But as we continue to worship, I just want you to take a moment during worship to literally be still. And lay before him the things, all the things in the stillness. It's very, very difficult. But now is the time, and this is the place. So as we continue in worship, just you, you can just take a moment. No one's going to be judging you if you're just worshiping like crazy. That's okay. You know, you've had your moment of stillness or you didn't, and it's all, man, God is good, and we just have freedom in him to to walk our walk and do our thing. But I'm just encouraging you to have a moment where you just physically still. All during worship, he kept telling me, put your hands in your pockets. Put your hands in your pockets. And it's, I was like putting them in my pockets and then I'd be like, yes. Put them back in my pockets. And I could just sense his joy. I could just sense him just delighting over me in worship today with hands in all different pockets and just loving on him, hearing from him, walking it out with him. So let's enter into worship again together and just just have a moment of stillness where we release unto him all the things and then we just worship him for who he is, for who he is. Amen. In the stillness, he is God. Amen. Let's worship. Amen. Let's worship. You can stand, you can sit, you can do whatever you choose. <clears throat> I love the Holy Spirit. I love that he doesn't come and meet with us casually. He has an agenda. You are his agenda. As we were singing, um, one, I didn't know what the song Breathe was. It's on the sheet. Grace said, Mom, you know the song. You'll know it when you sing it. I didn't know what it was. And so we're singing, um, I want to see you rightly, Jesus. And up out of my spirit is, I need to see you rightly, Jesus. I need to see you rightly. This isn't about want anymore. I need to see you rightly. And up out of my spirit came the word desperate. And the Lord said, do not despise desperation, for I am their portion. He came for those who were desperate. 
And we all have a picture of what desperation looks like. The woman at the well, I'm pretty sure she was in some desperate circumstances, otherwise she wouldn't have been going to the well in the middle of the day. And Jesus, who he was, the truth, the way, the life, he was her portion. And she went from desperate to evangelist, just like that. And you know, the Apostle Paul, he didn't minister out of desperation. But I can guarantee you, as one who ministers in the quiet place, in the quiet places of our week, there's always moments of, God, I need you more. I need you here. Desperation comes out of a place of lack, okay? You're not desperate for food if there's a feast in front of you. You're desperate for food when you haven't had it in too long. Desperation comes when you're at the end of the, of, a, of the cancer road and there's nothing left for you. Medicine has nothing left for you. Desperation is, comes out of a place of lack. And Jesus is the portion. He is our portion. But no one came to him in desperation and stayed desperate. Okay, no one stayed desperate. He didn't leave them there and he doesn't leave us here. But I had this great conversation this morning with like one of my favorite people about seasons. Okay, and God, he draws us into seasons and I've had seasons where I have been so desperate and he fills me and then I step up and I minister him outward and then he draws me into a greater season of ministry and the desperation, because I need more of him. I need more revelation of his word. I need to learn more. I need to be taught of his word more and more and more. This idea of you've made it, of, of we've made it, is it's garbage. It's garbage. Actually, it reeks of a religious spirit. It reeks of condemnation. It's wrong. The Pharisees had made it, and they missed it. They missed the whole thing. So this idea that, oh, well, I'm not desperate. I know who I am in Christ. I got the word. That's awesome. I'm glad you know who you are in Christ. We need to know who we are in Christ. You need the word. But the desperation that I'm talking about is this personal thing. Jesus was never desperate, but boy, he got away and went with his father all the time. All the time. He, he was prepared for 33 years or 30 years. Help me. 30 years. He's prepared for 30 years. He went and he ministered one time. And he had to go away with his father. <laughs> it's like, wait a second. It's not like he preached three times a week for a year and then had to go, like, one time. Right. But he had to go away with his father. Because what we're doing, what we're all doing is ministering the kingdom. This isn't a light load. This isn't a small thing. Desperation is part of the journey. And it's something that ebbs and flows and we know right where to go with it. It has a purpose, actually. It has a purpose and that's just a flow us right into Jesus, right into Jesus. So I just was excited that the Holy Spirit had stirred that up because sometimes, sometimes in the church, we feel ashamed that we're failing. Gosh, I should be farther along by now. I shouldn't be struggling with this. What is wrong with me? Those are all words of condemnation. None of that is Jesus. You could be walking with the Lord for 65 years and you can still be up here on your face before the King of Kings needing more of Jesus. Desperate for him. And what's interesting to me in this role is that it's like I can be desperate for him and ministering at the same time. This is really interesting. I don't, he doesn't require perfection to use us. And I love that. So right now, I'm just going to pray. Mm. Heavenly Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I cast down a spirit of perfectionism yeah. in Jesus' name. Thank Every you, spirit of perfectionism must go yes. in the name of Jesus. You, Every religious spirit must yes. go Thank in the name you, of Jesus. Jesus. Father, we call upon you in Jesus' name. And we ask that your perfect love would flow through this congregation, this body of believers, that you would wash away all shame in Jesus' name. Yes. That every lie of the enemy 
enemy would be uprooted in the name of Jesus, that nothing that is not planted by the Holy Spirit of God must be uprooted in Jesus' name, that the water of your word would just penetrate the deepest hurts, the deepest parts. Father, that agreements that have been made on lies would be broken in the name of Jesus, and that you would minister freedom to us here, now, in Jesus' name. Father, we are desperate to see your kingdom come. We are desperate to see your miracle-working power here on this earth for the lost to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. We're desperate for our sons and daughters to come back to you. We're desperate for the prodigals. Father, we ask and we pray in the name of Jesus that you would bring them home. Father, we're desperate. Father, that you would heal everybody, that every uterus in this place would function as you have created it to function in the mighty name of Jesus. No woman who sits in this body of believers will be barren in Jesus' name because you have called forth fruit. You have called forth multiplication, God, and we receive it. Thank you. We receive it, God. In Jesus' name. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Ah, Alleluia. Thank you. Alleluia. Thank you, Lord. Alleluia. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for victory. Thank you. Victory. Thank you, Jesus. Dunamis power. Thank you. That you fulfill every promise, God. Ah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that your perfect love casts out all fear, all fear. Your perfect love casts out all fear in Jesus' name. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Thank you. Have your way. Have your way. Have your way in every heart, every heart right now, in every heart. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Guys, I want to do one thing as we close out this time of worship. You can remain seated, that's fine. But I had this sense that we're going to end this time of worship being still and knowing He is God. And we're going to sing the chorus of O Come All Ye Faithful, which is just, O Come, Let Us Adore Him. Sid's going to lead us in that. It's just going to be the chorus. So let's just sing that together as we close out this time together and focus on everything that Pastor Liz just said and prayed for. And just be still and know him today. Thank you, Lord. Lord, you are worthy. You are so worthy. For you alone are worthy. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just the voices one more time. For he alone is worthy. Father, we thank you for who you are. We worship you today. Lord, we give this entire month up to you that we will be still and we will know that you are God. In our desperation, Lord, we come to a point of stillness, seeking you, not frantically, not out of control, (laughs) but just being still and knowing you are God. We thank you for it. Amen. All right. I am so, I feel so satisfied right now. All right. Does anyone else feel so satisfied right now?
Okay, praise God. We're going to move into our time of greeting where we can just greet one another, encourage one another, love on each other. If you're an ECF kid, you know the drill. Our kid corner is over there. Get your bag, your sermon notes, borrow a book. If you are a guest, I have guest bags for you. Um, Aiden and Noah Brooks, you guys have switched from guest bags to ECF kid bags. That's exciting. When a guest comes and they keep coming and I say, hey, you guys going to keep coming, they get to switch over to the colored bags. So guys, your bags are back there. They have a handwritten tag. I'll come back and help you find them then if you can't find them or if Lila can't find them. If you're a guest here, we welcome you. On the back of your seats, there is a connection card for you to put some information so we know you were here. Those cards, along with your tithes and offerings, go in the offering buckets, which uh, will be sitting up here during our break. Um, if you have kids, the nursery is open, DIY, so parents have to stay in there with them. We also have the family room is now open. The family room is straight across the lobby. You go through the other set of double foyer doors, and it's where the old bookstore was. Um, you'll be able to hear the service. Parents stay in that room with their kids as well, but it's for older kids, although younger kids are welcome in there as well. It's like two ages two to eight, although babies can go in, parents have to watch. There might be some small things, but, um, that's a great place as a parent to spend time with your kids during service. They don't have to be super quiet. Uh, what else? Nursery, family room, greet one another, welcome the guests, ties and offerings, kid corner, all the logistics. All right, let's love on one another for like eight minutes, and then we'll come back together. Go ahead and make your way back to your seats. We're going to continue to move on here. Don't worry, you can say hello again after we're done. All right, so we got a few announcements today. Um, everyone has seen the OCC Christmas tree out there? Yes or no? Raise your hand. It's out in the foyer right when you walk in. And on there, um, there are ornaments. And we just want to thank everybody for taking part in this. You can take an ornament off of there. And each ornament is $10, a $10 donation to OCC and Operation Christmas Child. And you can... Uh, give that $10 in the offering. Just mark your envelope, um, your gift, OCC, and that will be awesome. Um, this Christmas Eve, we are having a Christmas service. Christmas Eve service. It is on Christmas Eve this year. It's from 6 to 7. Please uh, come. Make it a point to attend. It's going to be wonderful. It's always great to gather right before Christmas, and uh, there will be refreshments afterwards, right? It's cookies, cookies and refreshments, coffee and whatnot. So um, make sure to come to that. Um, how many of you guys have used our podcast for the services? Anybody? Well, if you haven't and you would like to, we have a podcast. You can go to our website, but it will only have the first few, uh, the most recent podcasts uh, from our services and from our uh, Wednesday night worship service once a month. But if you click on Spotify, Google Play, or Apple, the icons. We have all of our podcasts. So if you miss a service, you can still go to Facebook, but it's a whole lot easier to find them right on these um, platforms. And you can go in there, save the ones you like, and um, enjoy them. And then the last announcement for today is the Joshua Revolution. Has anybody heard of it yet? Yes? Okay. So I did attend like a Christmas or a fundraiser dinner for the Joshua Revolution um, with Sydney. And um, it's for the whole family, this is a free event that is coming to the convention center, and there are things for children, youth, and adults. There's sessions um, each of the days. It's three days, the 27th through the 29th of December, and um, they, are, they are a full three days, but it is a free conference. You just have to go online and register, and then you can go to all of it, or you can pick and choose the sessions and the things that you want to attend but it's going to be a pretty big deal here in Erie, so we want to encourage everybody, you know, check it out, and if you feel like you want to do it, do it. So Sign up online. Yep, that's it. All right, how many are ready to continue to worship the Lord with our giving? 
going to turn this on. How many of you guys are ready to continue to worship the Lord with our giving? All right. I love it. Thank you. Very good, very good. Well, I just have one thing before we do that. <laughs> I know you're all ready, so since you're ready, I just want to share one thing. Uh, along the lines with the podcast up there, if you were not here last week, I highly encourage you to go back and listen uh, to the message from last week. Uh, it, was, it was very much a vision-driven message of what the church looks like moving forward, how we play a part, how you play a part, how we play a part in this community. Uh, and the message title was really something called 100 by 20. And if you're just like, what, you, what is he talking about? Well, I'm not going to tell you. You have to go listen to it because I won't be able to do it justice in two seconds here uh, from a quick announcement. But I would encourage you, if you missed it, go to Spotify if that's your listening of choice. Facebook, go to our website, Google Play, Apple iTunes, anywhere you go. You just search ECF Church and it'll come up and you'll be able to click on that and, and look at the message uh, from last week. But it is, uh, I want to make sure everyone has a chance, I'll say it the next couple of weeks, to so make sure you go and listen to that uh, because the Lord is working, amen? He is working, he is working. Well, I've got a quick testimony I want to share. It's a short one regarding uh, offering because the Lord is always so good and always so faithful, amen? Uh, we last, do you guys remember the story about the zoo last week? Yeah, the zoo and the lion and Eva's birthday and all that wonderful stuff. Well, the day, actually, that was only the morning of the day. The evening of the day only got better. Uh, and it was just a real blessing in God's favor. Uh, and how am I tying this to offering? Because the Lord is just so good. He is so faithful. When we tithe, when we just trust him with all of our hearts, with all of our finances, with everything we have, he is so faithful. So we had... We had seen on a commercial, everyone, everybody hear the movie Sing before? It's an animated movie, a kid's movie, it's called Sing. Well, that came out a long time ago. Well, Sing 2 is coming out on Christmas. And so our kids were so fired up about Sing 2 coming out. There, and we saw in a commercial, there was a special showing, one time only, at Tinseltown last weekend. It was last Saturday on Eva's birthday at 5 p.m. That's it. One showing. And you can't see it again until Christmas. And so we're like, we're going to go do that. So we bought our tickets, which was not cheap, given the number of people that were going. And so we're like, you know, we're, not, we're like half the theater almost, right? So we go in there, and we, they start playing the movie, and the sound doesn't work right. It's like, what on earth? It's like, I mean, it's like you can hear the music, but you can't hear the words. I'm like, this, this is one time showing. This is it. What, what are we going to do? And the sound isn't working. And so they try it again. They reset the system. Five minutes goes by. Ten minutes goes by. Fifteen minutes goes by. Nothing. It's not working. So they come and make an announcement. They're like, we're not, we're just, this isn't working. So I walk out, and they say, look, here's what we're going to go do for you. And so we're praying. The kids are praying. Like, I just want to see the movie. Right? Lord, I just want to see the movie. Please, give us away. I walk out. The lady says, look, we're going to completely refund your money. And we're going to give you 10 free tickets to come to any movie you want, whenever you want, because we bought 10 tickets. So now I got 10 tickets. And oh yeah, by the way, there's a theater over here that we're going to still try to play the movie in. Only challenge is it has no heat in it. You would think, oh. So we went in the movie, and the sound worked perfectly. We, it was like we were at the drive-in because we were a little bit cold. We all had our jackets on. We were like the only ones in the theater except for two other people in front. It was the ten of us and two people. But by the end of the night, here's what happened. My money was refunded. They paid me $100 in free tickets, and I got to see the movie. And the kids were excited. So isn't God good? Amen. It's like, I was like, come on, Lord, you're awesome. They paid me to go see the movie. I was like, what does that happen? That's how it happens. Amen? He is good. Amen. All right, 2 Corinthians 9, verse 7. I want to give you that story so we'd be cheerful here. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. He wants a cheerful giver. That's all he's looking for. He's looking for the joy of the Lord as your strength. He's looking for you to say, you know what, Lord, I trust you. I fully trust in you for everything, every bill, every college bill, every family member, everything I fully trust in you. 
when we can get to that trust, we truly become cheerful in doing it because he is faithful to provide. Amen? All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you for every gift. Father, we thank you for every giver. Lord, we thank you for these tithes and offerings. Father, we thank you for the above and beyond giving towards our debt reduction, Lord. Lord, we just thank you and we call this property debt-free in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you that you are paying it off. We thank you, Lord, that you are adding daily, both to the church, to our finances, and to every area of our life. And Lord, as we come into this new series, Lord, I pray that you would anoint this word that you have for us this morning. Open our ears to hear it, our eyes to see it. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Open your Bibles to Proverbs 4. Proverbs 4. We are starting a new series in the month of December. Uh, and it is called, go back one slide for me real quick, Glenn. It's called, The Word Became Flesh. And as those who are, you know, have read the Bible enough or know, especially the book of John, you know that it talks about there in John that Jesus was the Word, and he was the Word from the beginning. And he came to earth in verse 14. It talks about the Word became flesh. So that's just a preview. We're going to get to that before Christmas and on Christmas Eve. But what I want to do is I want to... The goal of this month is to ignite your passion for the Word of God. That's my goal. My goal is to ignite your passion wherever it is, even more for the Word of God. Wherever you sit today, maybe you, you read the Bible once a week, I want to ignite your passion to say, you know what, I'm going to read it two, three, four times a week. Maybe you're in the Bible studying an hour a day. I want to ignite your passion to go even deeper into the Word of God. And I want to do that through the month in a couple different ways. Is We're going to do a series and we're going to talk about the Word of God. And we're going to talk about the Word of God as the Bible references it as a seed, as a mirror, as a sword, and then as Jesus as we approach Christmas. But today I want to talk about the word as a seed. So Proverbs 4, verse 20, this is, our, this is like the, the keynote verse. We'll try to use this every sing, single week, and then I'm going to have you turn <clears throat> to Matthew here in just a little bit. But let me just read this to you, because why do I want you guys to have a deeper passion of the word? Because you don't always have a personal pastor next to you in the grocery store when you're at the Wegmans checkout and the person says something or does something and you need, yeah, I need somebody to talk to right now because I'm getting, no, we have the word of God and when we hide that word in our heart, we have everything that we need. And I think we have to be careful not to be Sunday Christians. Church, this is not a church of Sunday Christians. And at the end of this series, you will not want to be a Sunday Christian anymore if you are currently, because you have to, you'll understand the importance of the word, the power of the word, and what the word can do in your life day in and day out, and you don't even have to come to church on Sunday morning to get it. Now, that doesn't say we forsake the fellowship of the saints. Of course, we come together and we worship together, and we fellowship together. That was last week's message. You can go back and look at it. But I want to, or listen to it, but what I want to focus on today is the word of God as a seed. And what does a seed look like, and what does it mean? All right, Proverbs 4, verse 20. It says, my son. Who's a son or daughter of God in here? Come on, church. That means it's talking to you. Every one of you is talking to you. My son, my daughter, give attention to my words. Give attention to my words. Give attention to the words. Think about what that word attention means. It means you have to actually be focused on it. It's not quickly in passing. It's not just open it up real quick and just read a few things real fast. It is giving it attention. And giving something attention is actually something we have to be intentional about. Is that not true? I mean, my kids come up to me all the time seeking my attention, and I can tell you I don't always give it all the time. Because there's a lot of kids. There's a lot of questions. And at some point, I'm walking through the kitchen, and there's like five questions that came at me. It's like I didn't even hear them. 
I just kept on walking. Like, hey, dad, 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 dad. Look at me, look at me, look at me. I have a question, I have a question, I have a question. But until I actually turn and give my attention to that kid who is asking the question, I don't understand what they're saying. I don't grasp what they're saying. I don't really hear what they're saying. They may ask me for a movie. And I don't actually want them to watch a movie, but I could actually say yes to that because I'm not paying attention. Is that not true in our lives? We all do that. When we're not paying attention, we're quick to answer something, and we don't give it the full weight that it deserves. A question that comes, the word of God that comes in our life, we have to give us the full weight. We have to give it the full weight and the importance that God tells us that it is. So it says, give attention to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. So it's interesting, so he says, give attention to my words, and now he's going to give us the three parts of our body that we really have to give and use for attention. Number one was, incline your ear to my sayings, do not let them depart from your eyes, keep them in the midst of your heart. So how do we pay attention to the word? We have to incline our ear. We can't let it depart from our eyes because how many distractions are out there in this world? When you try to do your Bible time, how many distractions happen? Yeah. Okay, personal confession here. Confess your sins one to another lest you be healed. Yeah? Okay, so I'm going to confess my sin. In the morning time is my Bible time. Some people do it in the evenings. Some maybe do it midday. I don't know how you do it any other time in the morning. That's just me. I do it in the morning. But when one of my children wake up early and interrupt my Bible time, it's like I wasn't even doing Bible time. Because what comes out of me is like, whoa, where did that come from? What are you doing? Why are you awake? The clock doesn't say seven. It's a six or a five on the clock. Get back to bed. I'm just like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> I need to get back into your word. Amen. Because that's how a lot of us, we start our day, we're already amped up, anxious, ready to go. And we need something to ground us. We need something to go. So we can't let them depart from our eyes. Keep them in the midst of our heart. Why is that? Verse 22. For they are life to those who find them. Life to those who find them. And health to all their flesh. Verse 23 says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. Which means everything. Everything that comes at you, what I interpret that as is there is a word from the Lord to help you in every situation, every situation of life, every physical problem, every emotional problem, every relational problem, everything the Word of God has an answer for. Everything. Facebook doesn't have it. Google doesn't have it. Instagram doesn't have it. TikTok surely doesn't have it. Because it's only like 30 seconds, so you're not going to, I mean, what are you going to get for 30 seconds? But the Word of God has it has every answer that we need. Look, there's no perfect formula on doing your time with the Lord, and I'm going to get to that a little bit in one of the later uh, series to do that. But my goal is, is for you to be inspired to go deeper into the Word of God. Why? One, because the Word became flesh. This is the word. This is like Jesus. We have it right here all the time. It says abide with him, abide with him, abide with him. But we don't abide in the word. Then how are we actually abiding with him? This is an opportunity right in front of us to be able to abide with him. And we know that the word says faith comes by hearing. And hearing the word of God. Which says if we want to grow our faith, we have to hear. And we have to hear the word of God. And we have to read the word of God. And listen to the word of God. And listen to preaching on the word of God. If we want our faith to build. And here's the challenge all of us face, including myself. Is we wait to build our faith until the challenge already has come. Come on, church. How many of us do that? They're like, eh, you know, okay, you know, I'll read the Bible a little bit here and there. Maybe I'll do a devotional and, you know, I'll get in the word of the God a little bit. And then a crisis shows up. And you're like, gosh, for goodness sakes, well, I got to find something. I got to get scripture. And 
That's incredible. Run to the word of God. But guess what's even better is running to the word of God every single day, even when there's not a crisis happening in your life. So when the crisis does happen, there is no panic. You are able to keep your peace in the midst of the storm. It's a difference between panic or peace when a, tri- when a trial comes. Now the Lord is good. He is faithful. He will rescue us from all the things. All the things. And there are things. In this world, we will have trouble, but take heart. He has overcome them all. All of them. If he has overcome, and he is the word, then we have something in front of us all the time that can help us overcome the world. Right here. All the time. How many are getting more excited about reading the word of God? Okay, the first ten minutes was a success. Okay. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So turn with me. Actually, go to Matthew 13. And while you're turning there or digitally moving your finger to get there, I want to share three things about a seed. These are characteristics of a seed. And I want to give credit where credit is due. You guys remember we went to a One Focus conference uh, a couple months back that we had shared with you guys. The conference, the name of the conference was called Sharpened. And it was all about the Word of God. That conference inspired me to do this series. And so in that light, one of the the guys who gave one of the messages, his name was Andrew Cromwell. He gave these three characteristics of a seed. And I want to share them with you because he did a great job at saying what they are. Now, my message is totally different from his, and that's fine. But what I want to do is I want to give him credit because he did give these three characteristics of a seed, which I think are important for us to understand. The second thing I want to say is if you are on our Facebook site, Sid is going to start making some posts up there to links of the One Focus conference and some of the messages that we were a part of so that you can also listen and be a part of those messages as well. So I want to give credit to this. So what are the characteristics of a seed? Number one, its nature is incorruptible. Its nature is incorruptible. So a seed, the nature of a seed, and think about this in the sense that the word of God is a seed, okay? The nature of the word of God is incorruptible. Incorruptible. The word of God cannot be corrupted. What does that mean? If you look at the definition, it means it's not subject to death or decay is everlasting. Come on, church. The word of God is incorruptible, not subject to decay, and lasts forever. Doesn't the Bible say that? Heaven and earth may pass away, but my word shall never pass away. This is it. It's incorruptible. It can't be corrupted. 1 Peter 1, 23, you don't have to turn there, I'm just going to mention it quick, says this. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the word of God, the incorruptible word of God, which lives and abides forever. Isaiah 40, verse 8, says this. The grass withers. How many know the grass withers? This summer, the grass withered like weirdly. I don't know, there's some kind of bug that was going around. My grass was withering. And I was thinking of this scripture, like, man, my grass, no matter what I did, no matter what chemicals I put on there, no matter how much I tried in my own strength, my grass wasn't going to do very well. But when we have the word of God as the seed, it is incorruptible. It's always doing well. It's always what we need, giving us all the nutrients that we need every single day. The grass withers, the flower fades, But the word of our God stands forever. You know, as people have, I don't know if you're in, like, some of the stuff that has been going on recently, maybe people have bought seeds, and they have, like, those seed vaults. Are they a seed vault or something like that? A seed vault, and they put them away. And if you look the expiration date on those seed vaults, guess what? They're good for a very, 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 very long time. Because the nature of a seed is incorruptible. That seed is still good. Years and years later, the seed is good. And when you are sowing seed into your life and reading the word, you're like, I don't, I, nothing seems to be changing. Oh, yes, it is. 
Well, it doesn't be, seem to have any impact. My situation hasn't changed over the past week, the month, the year. But what you're doing is you're putting seed in the ground. You're putting seed in the ground. You're putting seed in the ground. And in the right conditions, that seed will begin to germinate. And so get the seed in there, and the right situation and circumstances will begin to happen. Number two, the nature of a seed is viable. It's incorruptible, but it's also viable. Which means it's capable of surviving or living successfully, especially under particular environmental conditions. Which means it's always capable. It's always ready. It's ready to spring forth life. The moment the circumstance and the situation is there, and I always think about the the Bible says this in 1 Corinthians 3, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. The seed was there, people were watering it, you're watering the seed in your life, but God gives the increase. So neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. It produces life. It will germinate when it's ready. When the conditions are right, it will germinate. Then number three, its nature is fruitful. Hallelujah. Not only can't you destroy it, Not only is it going to germinate and take root, it's going to also produce fruit. Nature is fruitful. What does that mean? It means producing good or helpful results. Productive. How many of us want to be productive? The keys to being productive. Right here. It's producing good, helpful results. Productive. Producing many Offspring. Woo. So you mean my time in the word and my word as I'm listening and I'm, and I'm reading the word and I'm digging the word and I'm studying the word and all that is a seed, not even just for me, but it's for generations to come? Yes. Think about that for a minute. Reading the Bible is something we're doing not just for ourselves, but for our ministries and for our next generation, for our kids, for our grandkids, all of it. It's not even just for us. Its nature is fruitful. Isaiah 55, 11 says this, so, my word, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void. But it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Specific. For you, for your life, for your situation. It's all right here. All available to us. Getting the seed on the inside. All right, Matthew 13. You're already there. This is a parable of Jesus that I want to walk through it. And I think it gives a fantastic example of the challenges that we, every one of us has in this world on getting the seed rooted into our hearts and keeping it there says this, starting in verse 18. Matthew 13, starting in verse 18. It says, Therefore hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom. First and foremost, you have to hear the word of the kingdom. You have to read it. You have to hear it. You, have to, you can't plant the seed without the seed. You can't do it. You can't, like, I, I, you can't wish it into existence. If I just would do it a little bit more, if I would just do this, or if I would just do that, you can't wish the seed to be planted. You actually have to plant the seed. So if anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, look at that, does not understand it, which means we need to seek what? To understand God's word. The Bible tells us that we must what? Rightly divide the word. We must study to show ourselves approved. We, the word encourages us to work to understand the word. If you don't understand the word, you read a scripture, then you dig into it further. You go find out more. You ask somebody a question about it. But what the enemy wants you to do is say, God, I don't understand that. It doesn't make any sense to me. I guess this isn't for me. No. That's the trick of the enemy to say it doesn't work. The Bible says for lack of knowledge, the people perish. 
Which means we have to have an understanding of this or we perish. And you, there's, you can get understanding. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit. We can get the understanding that we need. It says, then the wicked one comes and snatches away that which was sown in his heart. This is he who received the seed by the wayside. Look at that. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it. So if you don't understand it, seek to understand it. Because what happens is the enemy comes, the wicked one comes, and snatches it away, that which was sown in the heart. Our enemy's job is to he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. What do you think he's coming to steal? He's coming to steal the word from our lives. Look at that verse. It says, this is the one who received the seed by the wayside. I'm going to get back to that in just a minute. Verse 20. But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word, immediately receives it with joy. We're like, yes, yes, I love it. Yes, this is the word. I love it. I'm receiving it with joy. I'm so excited about it. But immediately he receives it with joy, yet he has no root in himself. Sunday morning Christian only. Sorry, guys. Sorry to tell you. This is, why, this is the Bible. I'm not making this up. You come Sunday morning, you get the word, you're fired up, you're excited, but then you don't touch the word Monday, you don't touch it Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and you wonder why on Saturday where you don't have the same joy that you had last Sunday when you heard the word. Because the enemy's looking to come and take it away from us. There's no root in ourselves. There's no root and the, the ground is not soiled enough for us and prepared for us for that seed to get in there. For when, so here's what happens. When tribulation and persecution arises. How many have a little bit of tribulation and persecution throughout the week? Even on Sunday sometimes. <laughs> sometimes getting to church. Right? When tribulation and persecution arises because of the word. Wait a second. You mean... That when we study the word, it's possible that more tribulation and more challenges come your way? Yes. Well, why do I want to do it? Because the Bible tells us to do it. Because we can then take every situation that does come and be able to navigate it because of his word. For he has no root in himself, but only endures for a while. Only endures for a while. When tribulation and persecution arise because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Verse 22. Now he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word. Another person's hearing the word. And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word. And he becomes unfruitful. So again, you're hearing the word, but it becomes unfruitful. Now look at this. There's, there's, a, there's a progression here, and I'm going to get to it right now. Verse 23. But he who receives seed on the good ground is he who hears the word, understands it. Pay attention to my word. Keep in the, in the midst of your heart. All, when we actually understand it, who indeed bears fruit, which means it bears fruit in our life, some 100-fold, some 60, some 30. So think about this from a perspective of just the analogy that was shown here. The very first one that it talked about, this, the seed, was on the wide path. And it talked about the seed being scattered right along the side of the path. And that word was this. It says, look, when we walk according to the world... And there's the word of God is right there and we can see the word of God right there but it doesn't take root in our hearts. What's next to the right of it is the stones. So put this word picture in your minds just for a second. So here's the path. And here's the word of God. The seeds being sown. They're not taking root because you're on the path that everyone else is on. You're on the same path the world is on. 
You read the same meme that was scripturally based that everybody else was based, but it doesn't take root in your heart because you're on the same path that everybody else is on. Wide is the road that leads to destruction. (laughs) Not narrow. Wide is the road. And it said the seeds are scattered on the side of the road, and it's just, it's not taking root in your heart. And this analogy says, once you get off the path, you're now on the rocks, on these stony rocks. And the word of God, you're trying to plant seed. How many of you ever tried to walk on stony rocks? Especially ones down at a creek that have water on them, right? There's no, I mean, you're like all, you're like all over the place. You're trying to walk on these rocks. You're slipping, you're sliding. If you don't have the perfect shoes and the perfect equipment, you can't even make it anywhere. And then what this scripture said is the next step over. Look, we're, we're starting to move away from the path that the world is on. We're starting to move away from the path that the world is on. Good soil is all the way over here, not on the path that everyone else is on. Good soil is actually over here, but guess what? It is difficult to get there. And I don't, I don't take that lightly. I understand there's challenges in our lives. It's difficult to get there. So here's the path. Here's the stones, and here's the thorny bushes. Right, we read, that's the thorny bushes. However many, how many of you gone through some thorny bushes? Yeah. The moment you hit the thorny, thorny bush, where do you want to go? Back away from that thorny bush. I took a walk one time. We used to, when we lived in the mobile home park in Girard, we had friends of ours who kind of lived around the corner, but it was like, you know what, we're going to walk to their house through the woods. Like, this I thought was a good idea. Like, this was a really good idea. Like, it's the woods. I mean, I've got GPS. How hard is it? I know it doesn't show every tree, but this has got to be easy to get from here to there. It's like a half mile. We'll walk through the woods. So me and I don't know who it was with me, one of my kids or two of my kids, were walking through the woods, and we got to a point. Who was it, Grace? Was it you? We got to a point where we got into some thorny bushes. I kid you not, it was like the only way from here to there was to get through these thorny bushes. And I was like, what are we going to do? Do we turn back or do we keep pushing forward? Do we keep pushing forward to our destination? No matter if it's difficult, no matter if I get a little scraped up, a little cut up along the way, I want to get to the destination. I want to get to the good ground. I want my heart to be prepared to receive the word of God and to be of good soil. I want to be over here. I don't want to be all the way over here, which means we got to take the step to the rocks, and we got to take a step into that thorny bush, but we got to make our way through it. And we decided to go through it, I had cuts, I had bruises, I had scrapes, but we got to our destination. And that's exactly what the Word of God is telling us right here. It's saying you can just live the average life and you'll be on the the wide road and there'll be some seeds that'll scatter. You'll get a little bit. You come over here, the enemy takes it away. You come into the thorns, the world wants to take it away. But if you can train yourself. If you can just say, Lord, I want more of you. If we can get through that thorny path, what do we end up with? Good ground. Good soil. We're at a place where God can multiply and it can be fruitful. And here's what I have found out about this path. Worship team, if you want to come back up or just uh, whoever's on keys, Jake. Here's, here's, Here's what I have found. That once we get to that path and we're in the good soil area, the illumination from the lights that everyone else is doing is no longer there. And what ends up happening is when we get to that place of good soil, the only thing we can do is go back to the word of God because we've positioned ourselves in a place where only the lamp of the Lord can light our path. You see that? We've actually gone off the path, off the road that everyone else is on, that the world is traveling on, and we've decided in our hearts that we are going to take and make the sacrifice and make the changes in our life to get the seed of the word of God in our hearts every single day, no matter what it takes, no matter how hard it is, no matter how much I got scraped up, how many times I slipped on the rock, but when I'm in that good ground, I'm at that soil, the lights of the world are now way over here, and the only thing I have to illuminate My path is now the word of God. 
It's the only thing that I have now. So the interesting thing is the more we read the word of God, the more we put the seed in our heart, the more we have to rely on the word of God. It's like this cycle that begins to happen. It's just like, man, I can't believe this is happening. But but God begins to position and put you in places and in situations where you have to rely completely on the word of God. All right, so how do we do that? Just real quick, real easy. (laughs) Kidding. If you listen to the analogy, you understood it wasn't that easy to go do. Here's what we have to do. First and foremost, we have to pray. You have to start your time in the word with prayer. You have to align your heart with God's heart. You have to say, Lord, evaluate my heart. Soften my heart so that I can see what you want me to see. So I can hear what you want me to hear. We have to put away what we talked about earlier. This pride like we already know what it says to us. I have read the same scripture a hundred times and I feel like every time it says something different to me. Not that the theology has changed, but what the Lord was speaking to me began to change based on my season in in the life that I was. Pray to have God illuminate the scriptures to us as we read them. Then the next thing we do is we have to go next level. Say, what the heck does that mean, next level? We got to go to the next level. If you're on the path, get in the stones and keep making your way to the right or to the left, whichever way you got off the road. And we call it next level because in our house, we have this very funny analogy or this fun story with one of my, one of my little girls. Actually, it was Noelle. I might as well say it. She's here with us. She was doing handstands. And she was practicing handstands. And she was practicing and she was practicing and she was getting better and better and better at these handstands. And somebody looked into the family room and saw Noelle do this perfect handstand. I mean, she nailed it for like 12 seconds. We're all like, whoa, Noelle, that was awesome. And her comment was, I know. I'm like next level. (laughs) This is what she says. Yeah, I know. I'm like next level. So now we call her Next Level Noel, because she's next level. So that inspired me to say, what is next level? She was practicing. She was working on it. The amount of handstands she did to get to a 12-second handstand was unbelievable. But are you willing to take the time and make the effort and get in the seed of the Word of God in your heart? And get to the good soil and get to the good ground. No matter the distraction, no matter the rock, no matter the, the thorns that you've got to fight your way through to get to the word of God. We have to do that, church. It is, it is like one of the most important things we have to go do. We've got to go next level. <laughs> get into the word. Work to understand it. Ask questions. Read the Bible through in a year. Start a new devotional. Whatever it is, my heart is for you guys, every single one of you, to go next level in your time in the Word of God. It means something different to each of us. There's no one formula. I can't get up here and say, well, these are the ten things you go do. I don't know what it means for you. That's why you pray and you ask the Holy Spirit, what is it? What do you have for me? What's next? How do I go next level? Just bow your heads with me for a minute. When we're in the Word, church, we're in His presence. If the Word became flesh, and the Word was Jesus, our abiding in the Word is abiding with Jesus. The Bible says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Abiding with him. What kind of fruit? Every piece of fruit that you need for this life that we are in. 
Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. All the fruit. All the fruit. So Father, I ask you today, that Lord, that you would increase our passion for your word. Lord, that we would go next level here in December. Being still in our time with you, knowing that you are God. Opening up your word, studying it, memorizing it, treasuring it, dividing it, asking questions about it, seeking to understand it. Lord, because we know that through the power of your Holy Spirit, Through your word, there is victory over sin. There is victory over sickness. There is victory over thoughts. There is victory over fear. There is victory over confusion. There is victory. There is victory. There is victory. So, Father, strengthen each one of us as we pray and as we dig into your word. to make it a priority in our life. We thank you, Lord, that that word is a seed, a seed that gets planted. Father, I thank you that each and every one of us are good ground as we seek you with all of our hearts and all of our souls. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, we have some prayer teams that are going to come up here as we close service. If you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, these people up here can pray with you. They can walk you through what that means, and a life-changing moment that that actually is. Your life will never be the same. Will never be the same. Doesn't mean it gets easier. Doesn't mean everything magically begins to happen properly and in its place. But what it means is a relationship with the Lord. And your life will never be the same. If you need prayer for healing or a family issue, whatever it is, these teams up here can pray with you. And as we close, I just want to read this over you. A benediction out of the book of Jude says this. Now to him who is able, to him who is able to keep you from stumbling... Come on, he's the one who's going to give you the help to get through the rocks, to get through the stones, to get through the briars and the brushes, and to give you the strength and the power to make your way through. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen and amen. You are dismissed. Have a wonderful, wonderful week.